we had four kids and when we married and you know I had two Randy had two back and forth between homes we both had a former spouse and man you can get so hung up on well but this is how the schedule is this mm-hmm. is what the divorce decree says mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be and it just can't always work that way and so you have to be willing to bend mm-hmm. and especially for the sake of the kids Welcome to Family Life Blended. I'm Ron Deal here with Gayla Grace. We help blended families and those who love them pursue the relationships that matter most. Gayla, good to see you again. Good to see you, Ron. Nice to have you here. Yes, always. Uh, all this week, Nan and I are with a few hundred people at the Family Life Sandestin Hilton Resort getaway experience. And Nan and I are sharing our Empowered to Love Marriage seminar for all the couples that are there. That's something that we're offering to churches, by the way. If you're interested in that, you can look that up. Um, but I also want to get on calendar since we're talking calendars. I want to remind everybody, Blended and Blessed is coming up Saturday, April 29th, 2023. Uh, we'll be live in Melbourne, Florida at a church there, And we would love to have you join us if you're anywhere within driving distance. Come be a part of the live event. Everybody else can live stream through your phone, your computer. Your church can host it. So that's why you want to get it on your church calendar at this point. Start having conversations with your leadership. They can host this thing for less than 100 bucks, And you can get some blended family couples in the room and everybody benefit from Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. Well, all this year uh, on our podcast, we're revisiting some themes from a book that originally I wrote 20 years ago in 2002. Can you believe it's been that long? Oh, my goodness. It is just amazing. Um, it's been over 20 years that the book's been out and available, and it's gone through a couple of revisions. Mm-hmm. And so just pretty neat. The Smart yeah. Step family is what we're talking about. And what we're going to be talking about today is a theme that comes out of the book, Stepping Stones for Step Family Success. Mm-hmm. So here's my question to you. Have you ever had somebody wise come alongside you and say, no, 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 Gayla, don't, don't step there. <laughs> go, go this way, not that way. Oh, yeah. I think about two ladies that come to mind. One of mine was a writing mentor. So, Ron, you know how perplexing the publishing journey can be in the mm-hmm. beginning. It's yes. overwhelming. It is. And you don't know which way to go. That's right. And this gal, she taught a critique group that I attended. She was heavily versed in publishing, and she was definitely able at times to say, no, 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 don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, go this way. Mm -hmm. It was just very helpful and encouraging. And then I had another lady in our neighborhood who led a prayer group that I attended on Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. 6 a.m., Ron. Yeah, it's early. (laughs) I know, but you had no excuse to not be there. And she was just such a dear woman of God who also became a mentor to me. Hmm. And it was just a beautiful relationship. Well, I could list a lot of names. Uh, Everything from just authors, people that have written books that impacted my life, mm-hmm. that made me a better dad and uh, hopefully a better husband and you know, still working on all of those things. But my goodness, how I've been shaped. I think about Family Life. Uh, Dennis Rainey was one of the founders of Family Life. And, and for years, I listened to the radio program and read some of his material long before I ever developed a relationship with this organization. Uh, he influenced me as mm-hmm. a man, as a husband, yeah. right. as a father. I had an elder when I was a young minister, uh, Joe Selby, uh, who 
was uh, just took care of me. Huh, wow. And more than once he got in my face <laughs> and he said, Ron, I don't, I don't think you're taking care of yourself well. I think you're overextending yourself. I think you need to slow down a little bit. Let's talk about this. And he really shepherded me. Here I was working for this church. He was gentle. He was mm-hmm. humble about it mm-hmm. and he really cared. And so it, it, it wasn't harmful. I didn't feel bad. I wasn't hurt when he would confront me about right. something, you know, right. because he did it in such a way that it was really, really useful. And I just am so appreciative, but guys like him who made a big difference sure. in my life. Well, in this little section of the book, The Smart Stuff Family, I sort of wanted to just offer some of those basic tips to people to say, okay, don't do this. <laughs> you need to do this. Right. I wanted to try to just bring some wisdom, if you will, and what I called stepping stones, qualities, attributes, decisions that I feel like people who seem to go the distance in their step family journey, the families who make it, here's some things about them that they do well. Right. And so that's really what this section was all about. You know, it even reminds me of the verse in Proverbs, Ron, Proverbs thirteen twenty that says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. I think there's a lot to think about in that verse. Yeah. So the imagery there, I love that. Thanks for sharing that verse. Walk with the wise. If you can imagine the wise person next to you laying down a stone saying, okay, step on that. Because if you step off of that, you're going to sink. You're going to mm-hmm. fall. You're going to trip. Something's going to catch you there. Here's where we want you to land. Right. Okay, so that's what we're sharing with you today. Let's just react to some of these. Um, listening and understanding are two stepping stones. I kind of think they work in concert with one another. Mm-hmm, I agree. And really, it's it's at the heart of communication. It's the, at the heart of uh, connecting with someone. And I think at the end of the day, if you listen well and you try to understand what's going on with the other person, you develop empathy. Sure. Right. And you can stand in their shoes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you know what I think about is a big part of listening is listen with ears of what they're saying, not what am I going to re- how am I going to respond to that? Mm-hmm. What am I going to say? Because so often it's easy for us to go into that. And so then we get lost in really listening to what they're telling us because we're too concerned about how we're going to respond. Mm-hmm. You just stepped on my toes. <laughs> Because I am actually really good at thinking ahead and arguing in my head <laughs> about what the next part of the argument is going to be so that I can, you know, win the argument with my wife. Like, this is a huge discipline. Listening right. is really hard. It is. Some of us more than others. <laughs> but it's really, really hard because, mm-hmm. yes, I got something to say. I want to make my point. I want to be heard. We all have that feeling. Right. And so listening is that personal discipline to slow down and say, let me try to see your point of view mm-hmm. and really get it and sort of feel it. That's what empathy is. It's not that you feel it like the way they feel it, but that you can at least have a sense of what it is that they're feeling. Right. And you're trying to understand it through their eyes because we all come at things based on what our experiences are, what we've walked through, mm-hmm. and it changes us. Mm-hmm. And when we're listening to somebody, we have to realize the road they have walked has changed them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to feel differently about things than we do. So we have to try to understand the road they have walked. Yeah. So let me make a little additional point here about empathy, because I think sometimes we get this wrong. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with their point of view. Right. It doesn't mean that, oh, now that I understand how you see the world and how you see me and this relationship or this moment, that all of a sudden I don't get to have an opinion anymore 
Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to just go with whatever you think. No, no, nobody's trying to dictate or control the outcome of this. It is just, though, that you slow down and really, really, really try to hear it. Otherwise, if you're like me, you're already arguing something that's irrelevant to the conversation. Like you heard the wrong thing. You're reacting to that. You're not even paying attention to what the point is. Right. That's hard. Mm-hmm. I still slip into that. Well, and in step families, one of the hardest dynamics, I think, is with a step parent and a step child. Mm-hmm. Because too often we're seeing it from our point of view. Oh, man, you don't get how hard this is for me as your stepmom. And we're not seeing how hard it is for them and the experiences they're walking through. They have a parent in another, another home and they come into this home and have dynamics they don't want to deal with and they are not given a choice about it. But we forget to listen to that part because Mm -hmm. we're too caught up in our own stuff. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And there's another element to that adult-child little combination Mm -hmm. there. I think there's more responsibility on us as adults. Absolutely. Parenting a child in a moment that we should work towards listening and understanding and have some maturity about it that a child is just not going to be able to do. No. Especially Mm-mm. a young child. Mm-mm. They're right. just not going to be able to, you know, see it from your point of view necessarily. Right. So right. we have to work harder at that, even in the face of something that feels lopsided. Mm-hmm. But it comes back to, all right, if I was them dealing with me, that's a great <laughs> question. You know, that sort of helps you get towards understanding a little bit. Right. It what, does. what have they experienced? What have they been through? Right. Uh, what's their backstory, their narrative? That sort of helps you begin to take it in and see it. And just try to start with that. I think listening and understanding is going to bring some insights. That's where this is headed for a blended family on your journey together as a family unit, getting inside the other person's shoes and going, okay, what's it like to be them dealing with me or in this moment, what what might they be feeling or experiencing? Now I have some insight into who they are and why they are the the way they are. Right. Why we're seeing the behavior that we're seeing. Yeah. Sometimes we're too quick to take it personally when it really doesn't have anything to do with us. It's just the experiences that they are walking through are affecting them. And the more we know about that and the more that we listen to them, then the better able we are to respond to them appropriately in a mature adult fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last comment. We can go on to the next stepping stone. I just think listening and understanding, I actually listed those first because I think this is the core to relationship building and right. connection and familyness. Right. And you got to learn to do it. You got to keep working at it. And none of us can ever stop. I have to keep listening actively, responsibly, you know, suppressing my own need to talk in <laughs> order to really try to hear my wife, my kids, whatever it might be. I have to do that my whole life. Right. You have a need to talk? Is that what I heard? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I do. (laughs) That's why I like podcasting. (laughs) Okay, let's go to the next one. Perseverance. Oh, Mm. my gosh, Ron, this is one of my favorites. Yes. Well, because I just think that we live in this instant society. I'm going to microwave my meal or I'm going to call DoorDash or I'm going to fast forward the commercials because I don't want to watch them. I mean, all these things. Everything is instant. Don't I record stuff all the time so I don't have to watch commercials. I know. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And perseverance, though, is so costly. I mean, it is hard to wait. Yeah, it is. And I mean, none of us like to do that. I'm thinking about the conversation we had 
uh, with Cheryl Shoemake about her book, you know, Waiting to be Wanted. Right. How it, you know, beautiful is that imagery of, especially a step parent like she is and hoping that the kids will finally embrace you. Mm-hmm. And how long do you have to wait for that? And you don't know that they ever will embrace you. And that's what perseverance is, right. saying, I'm going to continue to pursue them, to be responsible to them, to love them, to lead with love, even when I'm not getting much in return. Exactly. That is mm-hmm. such a hard, hard thing. I got an email from a guy just this last week where he was celebrating you know, promised land payoffs. This reminds me, uh, all this year we're inviting people to write to us, social media, or send us an email at blended at familylife.com. Call us. We've got a phone number. The show notes will tell you how you can call. Leave us a voice message and tell us one of your payoff moments mm-hmm. where things happen or there was a moment where you, you, oh, it's getting better. You know, right. You kind of felt that a guy sent me an email about a payoff moment and it was year 20. <laughs> now I'm not saying that was the first. Don't hear that. All right. It wasn't the first payoff. But he had this really amazing experience, but it was 20 years in before that little moment came to him, and it was something he waited for for a long time. And I Mm -hmm. thought, that's perseverance. It is. It is. And without that quality of that attribute, you're never going to find that moment Mm -hmm. because people give up. Right. And I think, too, you have to realize there's risk in it because Mm -hmm. you have to continue to invest knowing that you don't know what the end result is going to be. But I do believe if we're called to step family life and being a step parent, that we're called to invest in these relationships and not walk away. So this reminds me of the next one. The next stepping stone is commitment. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I've said forever, God's little joke on us. <laughs> I will go to my grave saying this. <laughs> God's little joke on me is that I stated my vows at the beginning of my wedding. And then life now teaches me what I committed myself to. It's <laughs> a good point. I had no idea what I was saying. I, when I said I do for better, for worse, I had no idea what worse meant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For richer, for mm-hmm. poor, had no idea what financial stress would be like. Sure. Mm-hmm. How do I maintain who I am with integrity and live under the Lordship of Jesus in the midst of angst or pain or difficulty or stress or worse, you know, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. worse in my marriage, worse in my family, worse with the loss. I had no idea what that would require of me. You said risk a minute ago. It's all a, a, a risk. Right. And that's essentially what trust is. You know, we're risking putting ourselves into the heart and, you know, soul of another person or even trusting God is really about what, do I really release all this to him? Right. All of that is costly and hard and difficult. And there's moments where you think, I don't want to give anymore. I don't want to stay committed anymore. And yet to maintain a singular focus and say, I am going to live up to these vows. Just found out what I committed to. I'm going to try to live up to that. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And every married couple walks into that. You don't know. We have friends who are facing a very serious illness, and they're young. Mm -hmm. And the wife is committed, though, to whatever it takes to take care of her husband. And it's a beautiful scene, but, man, it's hard to watch and think she had no way of knowing that she was walking into that. And I think we often say that in Step Family Life. Man, if I had known what Mm -hmm. I signed up for, would I have done this again? Right. 
It's kind of an irrelevant question, to be honest. Right. I mean, parenting. I've said that about parenting for years. Mm. Anybody who wants to have a child and then has a child by natural birth or adoption or foster mm-hmm. or step parenting, you had no idea no, oh what you were in for. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a conversation with a guy just the other day. Are you getting? He's, he's got a you know six weeks old. Are you getting any sleep? <laughs> no, nope, you haven't know slept. The answer to that. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, yep, it'll come back eventually. But right now, you're miserable. Mm-hmm. You had no idea what that meant, and and that's just sleep. You know, right. let alone the angst you're going to feel when she's 16 and dating. Oh, you know? Exactly. Or when they're a young adult and they left the house, and you hope you've done your job uh, raising them, but you don't. You don't know. They're on their own. And so, if mm-hmm. we don't have this bedrock stepping stone called commitment. Right. We won't stay committed. We will, you know, the wind will blow us here or there and we'll lose our our direction. And so for blended families, I mean, and notice how these are sort of lining up and helping, you know, listening and understanding is about relationship building and commitment, trust, and really connecting with one another. And perseverance is about being dedicated to right. the long-term picture mm-hmm. here. Commitment is that thing that says, I didn't know what I didn't know, and now I just found out, and yet I'm going to keep working at this. Yeah, I think about those that have a prodigal child. Mm. Um, that's another area yeah, that we sure. have to stay committed to. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that prodigal child will come home, but we can continue to pray. We can continue to do whatever we know to try to do to stay committed to that relationship and never give up. The next stepping stone, patience. Patience. Oh, gee. Who likes to talk about this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've sort of talked around it already. Perseverance sort of related to that. But I, I think patience is just that quality that says, uh, I've got to set aside you know, everything that I'm hoping for and trust that in time. Some of it will come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I just got to trust God with what's not happening today. And trust that it'll happen and, and just keep going. There's another side of patience. And then I'd love to get your reaction to, to just the idea of it. Um, cause you're a little bit down the road in your blended family journey. So <laughs> looking back, what has patience given you? So the other side of patience to me is the complexity of blended family life. And it, you, of course you want it all to meld together quickly. And yet, it takes a while, you know, we say step families don't have a family tree, they have a family forest. Right. Right. Well, when you're talking forest, there's so many people mm-hmm. and dynamics and relationships and backstories and all of it matters that you just can't control that or force that. It has to come together authentically in its own timing. And that often takes years, not months, not days. And so if you're not patient, you're just constantly frustrated. Right. But I think if you can remember through those years of time that it takes to develop your family and grow relationships, you're forming identity Mm -hmm. as a family. And you have experiences that you can come back to then later that you can Mm -hmm. reminisce about. And that's just part of your family identity, even if it's a challenge. Oftentimes, though, as you get older and the kids are older, they can laugh about it. There's so many things, even games that some of our kids are super competitive. And there were times they just walk away from playing a game because they couldn't deal with it. And now we just make fun of them and say, I'm glad (laughs) you've grown out of that, that you can sit here and play a game. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So all of those things just grow family identity, I, I believe. Yeah. 
that's a good promised land payoff right there. It is. When you see that moment shift from what it was. Right. But I think, too, even in our own character, we have to look at how patient are we really mm. in just day-to-day interactions. Like, I'll be honest, my husband is more patient than I am. Mm. And so sometimes I'll look at him and I'll think, how are you being so patient with this <laughs> Stop it. when I want to blow up? <laughs> And I don't know. I think we can learn from that and recognize that we can determine to work at our character mm. in things that we places we need to grow. Patience to me is about perspective on the journey. You're mm-hmm. still getting there. We got an email recently. Let me read this. Dear Ron, I'm so grateful to have found your podcast discussing blended families. I do not feel so alone anymore. And I feel affirmed and understood. All right. So, you know, the listening and understanding, like when we're portraying that as well, and it's helping him. Mm -hmm. Since I've started listening, I feel so much more of a sense of hope and energy. Good. Exactly. (laughs) This is what we want these concepts of patience and perseverance to, to produce in you. Look, you can get there. Just not today. Don't panic. Don't Mm -hmm. give up. Right. You got to keep going. He says it's difficult to explain how lonely it can can be trying to blend a family. I'm divorced. My husband is widowed. We each brought three children into the marriage. I have three girls and my husband has two girls and one boy. I love my husband so much and he loves me. But blending the family has been tough, even after dating and getting to know one another for six years before getting married. Before we go on, I just want to comment. That's a story and narrative we hear a lot from people. Dating doesn't necessarily Mm -mm give you a good picture of what life's going to be like after the wedding. Not at all. No. Because too many things change at the wedding. Life gets really real and everybody views it differently. And now you're living in the house and people are stepping on each other's toes. And so, yeah, they sort of got blindsided too, she says. So she says, one daughter is currently estranged from us. This has been very tough for all of us. My husband does have communication with her and sees her a few times a year, but I know it's incredibly difficult for him, of course. Oh, yeah. Like you were just Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. Um That is so hard when a relationship is broken. Your podcast has helped me with the guilt that I felt. And it's also helped me to know that the best ways to react when I'm triggered by something, this has not been an easy road. It's It it also has come with many blessings for which I am grateful. There really is nothing offered in terms of support for blended families in the area where I live. And I felt called to start some sort of support group. You know, we love this idea. Oh, right. And we want to see this happen with somebody listening right now. You're thinking, maybe it's us. Yep, it's probably you. And don't wait till you have all the answers to start a group. Yep, just support each other. Right. Kind of fumble and (laughs) meander (laughs) together. Right. Uh, She goes on, even though our blended family is nowhere near perfect, I know it could be such a benefit and a blessing for other blended families to come together and support each other. Great, she's got it. Uh, I've looked into your curriculum. It seems amazing. I have not felt such a feeling of hope and purpose for a long time, and I want to thank you for this. Catherine, thanks for taking the time to write to us. That's the point of all of these stepping stones, folks, is when you put them together, it, it, it builds a solid bridge for you to walk on to get across, you know, the, the, the gaps that you feel in life and in your family. And there's just no easy answers, but cumulative over time. It gets you somewhere. Right. And also, I think about this starting a group. You can help others as they're in their own stepping stones and how to where to walk and where not to walk and some of the things we've talked about. But I'm a huge advocate of small groups because of how it benefited my husband and I in our early years. I agree 100%. I think that's huge. Okay. Another stepping stone. 
flexibility. This is a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. How'd it help you guys? Well, because for us, we had four kids and when we married and two, you know, I had two, Randy had two back and forth between homes. We both had a former spouse and man, you can get so hung up on, well, but this is how the schedule is. This Mm -hmm. is what the divorce decree says. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to be. And it just can't always work that way. And so you have to be willing to bend Mm -hmm. and especially for the sake of the kids. And, And then as the kids get older into their teenage years, sometimes I see parents still try to be really rigid and it can backfire because there are times then when kids just, uh, especially once they start driving and they have a job and they're probably not going to continue to be at your house every other weekend or whatever that divorce decree says. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to bend if you want to really stay in relationship with them, which we do. We want to continue to influence them. And so that means that we we need to be careful. We want to stay in relationship. The holidays is a really good example. Oh, absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. the reason we call them traditions (laughs) <laughs> traditions is we're supposed to do them every year this way. <laughs> right. This is the way you do it. Like there's security in that. Yeah. Knowing what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and what's required of me. And yet when you're trying to merge family members and and create a, your own family identity, uh, traditions are up in the air. Mm-hmm. Some people like them. Some people hate them. Mm-hmm. You guys do what? French toast on <laughs> Christmas morning? That's stupid. Why do you do that? All of a sudden, you feel offended. And like, so what do you do? Like, flexibility. This is where that comes in to say, all right, we're going to have to bend, figure mm-hmm. out some, some new pathways, and I'm going to have to put aside my taking it personally thing. Or my my way is right. Oh, but my <laughs> way is right. <laughs> That's what it is. I tell people all the time, flexibility, here's what it comes down to. Driving a blended family, if you could say it that way, is as different as driving uh, a motorcycle or a bicycle from a car. Oh, okay. You sit in a car, you're going to make a right-hand turn, Mm -hmm. you know, at a corner, 90 degrees. Well, you're probably going to crank that wheel, yeah, one and a half little, and you're going to make that right-hand turn. Crank your bicycle steering wheel one and a half turn. (laughs) You'll be in trouble. See where that gets you, right? (laughs) No, that's not the way it works. And it's all about balance on a bicycle and you have other considerations and that little bit of sand on the road that doesn't hurt a car at all (laughs) will wipe you out. Like there are just many other factors that make it a different vehicle. It's a vehicle. It's still going to get you from A to B, but you got to manage it differently. Right. Flexibility is one of those things that blended families just really need. Yeah. And I think the bottom line is we're working to grow relationships. And so if we are rigid, then it's not going to benefit the relationship building. Humor, another stepping oh, stone. Oh, good. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it just can really lighten up hard days. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. Some people are better at just kind of throwing out a little one-liner that can take the tension off mm-hmm. for the moment. Kind of gets you through the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Laughter is the best medicine. I mean, it, it really, I think it comes down to the attitude, the heart that says, uh, I may need to laugh at myself a little right. bit. <laughs> Which, right. you know, can help you find some humility when you uh-huh. need it. Right. Um, uh, laughing at, at, wow, we have always done this tradition this way every time my whole life. When I was growing up as a kid, now with my children, and now we're having to change it. I need to find a way to chuckle 
at this little moment rather than resenting mm-hmm. this moment. So humor can be a tool that helps to recalibrate and reset our attitude. Right. But a couple of things about humor. Humor is not sarcasm. Mm. Sarcasm can be harmful. Yeah, but, I guess it can be humor, but it can be harmful humor. But as you know, sarcasm is one of my spiritual gifts. Uh, well, I don't agree with that. Well, <laughs> sarcasm is not a spiritual gift. <laughs> Especially when it's cutting sarcasm. Yeah, exactly. Yes, right. Yes. And also humor <laughs> at someone else's expense, which is really what sarcasm yes. often is. Yes. Okay, that's not funny. Humor mm. at other people's expense is not funny. You're right. You're right. Can't do it. Right. So we have to be aside. aware of those things mm-hmm. and how we use our humor. I'm curious if you just have any fun blended family stories. In my first video series, I started it with a story that I've had people quote back to me for years. Oh, really? <laughs> and. I quit telling it a long time ago, and maybe I need to tell it right here. Uh, yeah. It's about a stepdad. True story. He told me about this. He uh, One day, his four-year-old stepdaughter came to him, and uh, he was watching a football game in the living room. She walks in, and she says, hey, I made tea. She has got a little tea set, you know, <laughs> a cute little. Yeah. <laughs> she brings it in, and she pours him a little cup of tea, and he, oh, he puts his pinky out like she's taught him, and he sips it. And he's really got one eye on the football game, but he's trying to engage with his stepdaughter. And there was actually, this was a big moment, he told me, because she had not really given him much of herself. Okay, so this is a big deal. And so she came to him, initiated, and so he realized this is really important. And so he was able to turn away from the football game. That's, uh, you know, wow. <laughs> Obviously, it was important to him. So he gave her a little time and attention. She watched while he drank. He enjoyed the cup of tea. She said, okay, tea party's over. And she toddled off back down the hallway. And he was like, wow, that is just awesome. I got to tell my wife about this moment. Back to the football game. <laughs> After a few minutes, the football game's over. And he starts thinking, where did she get that water for the tea? So he invited her, hey, oh, no. honey, show me where you got this. Uh-oh. She said, come here, I'll show you. She led him down the hallway. Into the bathroom. Uh, into the bathroom, <gasps> opened the toilet lid. <laughs> I knew it. And dipped that little cup of tea down there and oh. got him some water. <laughs> so now he's feeling a whole lot different about that moment. But they laughed about that for years. Well, yeah. that's a good story. Sometimes, you know, what you get in a blended family is not what you signed on exactly. for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yet you have to <laughs> uh, figure out a way to, to maneuver through and move on, right. you know, and find the humor in it is yeah. one way to do that. Yeah, you do. I agree. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Well, it may go without saying, but a big stepping stone that we believe in our ministry has to do with Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, that is... A, that is the endeavor that we all have as believers is we just want to be more like Jesus. And that is just a super hard thing to it do. Is. <laughs> it is. Some days harder than others even. There's a reason they call it discipleship because it yeah. takes discipline. Right. It takes effort. It takes um, work. And we're not all alone in this. The Holy Spirit is right. promised exactly. to help us, to mm-hmm. teach us, to train mm-hmm. us, to admonish and bring us into that image of Jesus. And yet we also know our faults and our frailties. And so that's just something... I encourage people to work towards because being more like Jesus makes you a better spouse. Oh, it does. Makes you a better parent, step parent, Mm -hmm. former spouse. It does. Mm Co-parent. All of it rolls out of loving God and loving others. But there's some intentionality that has to happen with us. Hmm. We are not naturally Christ-like. We're sinful. We are sinful people. And if we are left to go our own ways... We're going to walk down roads that are messy, that aren't pretty. 
And I just think we have to constantly work at, what would Jesus have done? Remember that bracelet years ago that we all wore? I just think we need to come back to that all the time. How would Jesus have handled this situation? What Mm. would Jesus have said here? Yeah, It's probably different than what we would do. And you're right. And it takes work being in the Word, Mm -hmm. studying with other people, attending a local church service. A lot of people, especially post-COVID, I know, we're not back in church yet. Just sort of given up on that. And no, no, no. I mean, the reason we go mm. <laughs> is to worship, right. to be reminded of how great he is and um, how much he has done for us, how much he loves us, how right. great his mercy is. And to be around other people who are on the same journey as we are, we can help them, they can help us. This fellowship thing is really important it is. in the just, discipleship process. Right. And having our own time of just being still mm. before the Lord mm. and just listening for his voice and discernment in our life. So that's at a high level. Let's just get really practical. Let me just read a passage out mm-hmm. of Colossians chapter three. And, you know, to the listener, let me just say, okay, so if you could do this in your family, in your household, how would it help? Colossians 3, verse 5, he starts by talking about what we're not supposed to be, what we can put off. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity. By the way, pause, you know, just stop right there. Not doing things that cause distrust in your marriage. Sexual immorality causes great distrust Mm -hmm. in a relationship. That will break it sometimes. In, in a significant way. So don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, evil desires, covetous, I, which is idolatry, he says. Um, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you once walked. Now, there's the hopeful statement. We, yeah. <laughs> we all used to be something. Right. And we're in the process of being transformed. Uh, but now you must put them away. Put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, just talking bad about each other. Oh, but I can slander against my ex-spouse, right? <laughs> no, you can't. I think it's in the fine print here somewhere <laughs> in the Bible. Um, no, we can't. Like, no. put that away. Right. Obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to each other. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. To children, to, you know, your ex-mother-in-law, to whoever it is. Just have a spirit of truthfulness. And about don't withhold information. Yeah. That's another part of communication. Being deceitful. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that. It, it undercuts. And it that's does. what Paul's point here is. Right. Seeing that you put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's back to that studying the word. We know more about Jesus. We get to be more like him over time. So then he says, verse 12, Colossians 3, verse 12, put on. So the things we take off and now we got to put on. As God's chosen ones, you know, you're already chosen. We don't put these on to become chosen. Right. Very important. Exactly. We put these on because we're chosen, because we're grateful for all that God has done for us. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, he says. Put on kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against someone, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Boy, there are some days where I am not letting peace mm-hmm. govern who I am. Right. Moment to moment in any interaction with anybody I care for, I am selfishness is ruling. 
how I'm dealing with that moment. Pain sometimes sure. is ruling. Right. Uh-huh. To let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Wow. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Like this Christ-likeness stuff will transform your family. Yeah. Sometimes it can be worry that is keeping you from experiencing peace. Mm. And we have to come back to, are, are we trying to control our circumstances? Hmm. Any final reflections just on some of these stepping stones? How they fit together, perhaps, or just thinking about the last 27 years? Well, yeah, of your 27 years. Just know that be patient with the process. Let the process happen. And don't try to force it too hard. Don't demand that it should go this way and not that. And we're failing if it hasn't gone the way we think it should have. Just keep going. Yeah. Pick yourself up. You know, Nan and I are at year 36, um, approaching 37. Wow. And, you know, I, I'm still trying to walk on these stepping stones. Right. I'm mm-hmm. still trying to put on Christ-likeness. I'm still trying to I, I think about patience. Sometimes I think the way to be patient, and I'm learning this, is it's what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. We just live into the future in so many ways that we just don't live today. Be present today. Today has enough trouble of its own, Jesus right. says. Just right. focus on this, trusting God with what's coming. I think a lot of blended families live constantly in angst over what they don't yet have. I agree. I got a stepchild who hasn't quite embraced me as their mom or dad. Hey, that's somewhere off tomorrow. Quit worrying about that today. That helps you be patient Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. It's those kinds of things that I think mature me. That's what I've noticed. And I think it helps me be in the moment and live and love the way I am called to today. And you look up one day and you go, wow, we're 36 years down the road. Right? How did we get here? One day at a time. Yeah. And a lot of what you're saying, I think, is acceptance of where you're at today Hmm. and not pining for how you wish it were and how you want your circumstances to change. And maybe they will change and get to that Mm -hmm. relationship that you want with your stepchild. But if you're not there yet, just accept it and do your part to continue to grow the relationship and Hmm. then ask God to do his part also. Gayla, thanks for being with me today. Enjoyed it. Yep. Always enjoy having you here. To the listener, if you want to learn more about this book, The Smart Step Family, you can look in the show notes. We'll tell you how you can get a hold of that. There's an exercise in this chapter, chapter two, that we've been referencing a little bit called The Travelogue. And uh, it is, I think, a really good exercise developed by Patricia Pappernow. It will help you have a dialogue in your family about where you've been and how you can move forward from where you are. And I think it's a very engaging, fun little conversation that will help you sort of um, take inventory of your family and think about these stepping stones as you move forward. Quick reminder that Family Life Blended is a donor-supported ministry. If you care to designate some money and make a donation to Family Life, especially for Family Life Blended, we would really appreciate that. That helps us do this podcast and all the other things that we do. Please leave a review or a rating, if you would. That helps other people find us. And we mentioned earlier that we're inviting people to share their promised land payoff moments with us. doesn't have to be a big story, just a little moment in time where it just you saw hope and you saw the progress that your family is making. We'd love to have you share that with us. You can email us, blended at familylife.com, or look in the show notes and you can see a way you can contact us. Leave us a voicemail if you'd rather do that. We've been talking about dates and what's coming ahead a little bit. Just want to remind you, my 
uh, annual retreat at the Windshape Retreat Center uh, in Rome, Georgia, north of Atlanta. It's coming up pretty soon, March 17 through 19, 2023. It's a great weekend to just sit and relax and be <laughs> and study and grow. And we'll have lunch together and get to know each other a little bit. Our next Blended and Blessed event is coming up Saturday, April 29th. So make sure you get that on your calendar. Start some conversations with your in church Florida. leaders. What in Florida, what a great place to come. Everybody wants to go to Florida. I agree, especially <laughs> in April. Join us. It'll be really good. Okay, next time on Family Life Blended, we're going to hear from a number of our podcast guests over the past year. We've been asking them to share a scripture or a biblical concept that has been helpful to their family Gayla and I are going to be reacting to those comments and sharing those with you. That's next time on Family Life Blended. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ron Deal. Family Life Blended is produced by Marcus Holt. we got a bunch of people that help us make this happen. Marcus Holt, Josh Batson, Mastering Engineer is Jarrett Roski. Our project coordinator is Ann and Caro. And theme music composed and performed by Braden Deal. Family Life Blended is part of the Family Life Podcast Network, helping you pursue the relationships that matter most.